Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. to Wildfire Radio, Small Bites with DNL Coffee to Barista Service. I can be reached at 215-365-5521. You don't want to say your name? Donato uh, Marino? <laughs> the man do of I mystery. To, do I need to say it? <laughs> Everyone should know as well, soon as well, they, they hear your voice. Well, that's true. They should know. It's the Don. Kiss the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Don the coffee guy. <laughs> but uh, it's wonderful to see you again, Don. Same here. Same here. Uh, we missed a week of our bi-weekly yes. airing due to uh, our scheduler. He's been fired and beaten appropriately. With a wet noodle? Uh, I hope so. And a few coffee beans. <laughs> the pay has been docked. <laughs> 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 but we're back on track. We'll be yes, bi-weekly we until the end of the year, till December 6th, I think, and then uh, we'll kick things back off yeah, in 2021. Yeah. But it's been fun so far. It's been, a good, it's been a good year considering. Exactly. But it's always better when we talk to someone. And you know who that someone is? <laughs> 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 Come on, Don. Of we've, course. Only, we've only done how many of these shows you should do? Well, well, you know, Eva. Well, no? she'll be coming on shortly, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Mer- yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm ahead of myself. It's just a tad. Paul. Nope. Jim. John Howard Fusco. Oh, John. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta throw it in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Glenn. <laughs> Just yell out Fat Jack John, how are you, whenever John? you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> forgotten so soon. You miss a week and I'm already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to hear from you, John. Yeah. No, no, Don, <laughs> Don wasn't as excited as I was, obviously. Well, I was playing the role, John. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. How are we doing this evening? We're doing no, great. We're doing great. Doing all right. Good. We're gonna we're gonna take a trip to the market this week. We're gonna talk about some new marketplaces that are, that are opening up virtually. Uh, when, virtually and and real and really. Oh, and real. Uh, we can touch it, Don. Really is nice. Yes. I want to talk about Calais Thai Market, which recently opened in the Italian market on 9th Street. Uh, according to Michael Klein and the Philly Inquirer, the market not only offers. Thai groceries and snacks, but also has prepared dishes in the style of the Kalaya restaurant, uh, as well as pop-up appearances by guest chefs. So if you like Kalaya's uh, restaurant, which is just a couple blocks away from the market, uh, you should enjoy this. Again, Kalaya's Thai market opening in the Italian market on 9th Street. Uh, I want to go out and talk about Alif Brew and Minimark. Alif is spelled A-L-I-F. This is an Ethiopian-themed cafe that recently opened on the corner of 45th and Baltimore. Uh, according to West Philly Local, 
look for traditional Ethiopian dishes such as furfur and chichepsa and think of those as like breakfast stews almost like. I haven't had either. I'm curious to try both. Uh, but they're very traditional Ethiopian dishes. And you can also enjoy an Ethiopian coffee ceremony every Saturday and Sunday at 9 a.m. And at the Leaf Brew and Mini Mart uh, on the corner of 45th and Baltimore. On the Jersey side, I want to talk about Milkweed Table and Market. This is a farm-to-table brunch spot and market that will be opening next month in Pittman. This is according to our friend Mike over at 42 Freeway. And there also talks about opening a second location of Milkweed in Wildwood, but that would not be until 2021. So look for me on Twitter and Instagram and Eating in S. Jersey, as well as the South Jersey Food Scene website and Facebook page for more food adventures. Sounds good, John. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Have, Have a good day. one, John. Yeah. Thank you as usual. Take care. I knew who you were the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I get thrown under the bus all the time. <laughs> next next time. Next yeah. next time. You'll, you'll definitely get it next time. But... Uh, We'll just blame it on 2020. Almost anything that goes wrong lately, Don, I've come with a motto and I just say, eh, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the easiest way that, it, that I blame it. Well, there's sometimes it's the best way to do it. <laughs> what, what, what other ways could we, though? Yeah, yeah. But maybe, maybe there could be a coffee that would, like, really bring out the... Uh, the energy and the vibe of the place. 2020? Yeah. I don't know if there's even grown yet. <laughs> so, so, so somebody hasn't even uh, pla- planted oh. the seed yet. It would have to be harsh, dark, and... <sighs> <laughs> but I have tasted some, you know, storing every coffee. But, and we will say that through through it all, one of the good things, as you mentioned previously, is even with the businesses struggling, you've still done well with residents and people still needed service at the residents because, I mean, that's not where your bread and butter is, but you, you'll go anywhere. No, uh, you know... I'd like to thank the, the public for stepping up and supporting the local businesses and keeping them afloat during this p- pandemic. Because without them, a lot of these restaurateurs would have been completely out of business. I mean, they went through takeout. They made sure that, uh, you know, their their food was redesigned, if you want to say. So it, it would travel well to residents' houses yeah. so they can enjoy the same meal as if they were there they, they in public. Have, I mean, and that's the thing, I guess, with technology. I mean, think about it. Without people being able to get it delivered, the quarantine would have been really terrible. Oh, oh uh, no doubt about that. No, no doubt about that at all. Because, like I said, I've, I've called friends of mine. That they, made, you know, they made the same meals and adapted it the best they can yeah. for. I mean, when you're making a nice gourmet meal... They don't expect it to travel well, 20 miles, 10 miles to somebody's house. It's a whole different ballgame. And game. tastes the same. And restaurants that famously would not ever allow takeout had to. Like yeah. Pizzeria Badia yeah. and, and all them. But talking about Pizzeria Badia and good coffee, now I'm hungry. How about you? I'm, I'm starving. Oh, well, I think we have the perfect person to join us online. And that would be Eve Terropole. Hey, guys. Hello there. And hey, she Eva, is the how are you? author of Eve. Hi. Eve, of the book called Hungry, 
avocado toast, Instagram influencers, and our search for connection and meaning. And I'm going to say one thing, especially with everyone spending more time on social media due to social distancing and uh, being more digitally connected than ever with Zoom and all these sort of things, your book couldn't be more timely, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I also am saddened by it. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you when you wrote this, you never thought in a million years what would be happening now. (laughs) No, no, not at all. You know, writing a book about how uh, technology as well as anxiety and loneliness, you know, how those impact our food behaviors. I really didn't expect it to become more relevant. Exactly. (laughs) Now, what I want to say is... uh, I mean, I I went through uh, large portions of the book, and it's fantastic. I mean, uh, you're a wonderful writer. I like the travel aspect of it. The the part that really caught me was uh, it, it grabbed my attention immediately was the beginning of the book, how you were mentioning about the connection of food and traveling. And that's how I've traveled for, God, I mean, Don, you know this. Every time I come back from a trip, all I talk about is what I had to eat for. Same here. I was here with you a few times to South America and... and, and Columbia. I mean, oh. we searched out Colombian restaurants when we came back, and yeah, uh, it's growing more and more. And, and as you mentioned about Playa del Carmen, and you were surprised of how entrenched local cuisine, local cuisine has become for all nationalities. Where when uh, let's, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm not showing my age, but heck, I mean, 25 years ago or anything like that, I went to Jamaica and it was all American beers, yeah, yeah. Budweiser, Coors, right. all of that. But now when you do travel internationally, it is local and micro brews and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, uh, your book caught my attention it's, immediately. Yeah, it's been amazing. What? Oh, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate the kind words. But and it's I mean, it was a fun book to write in large part also because I got to travel to do some of the research. <laughs> um, That's a good part. And, and I'm the same as you, you know, like I like to eat my way around the world and drink my way around the world. So it was a lot of fun just to observe um, this kind of foodie culture um, popping up all over the place. You know, and it wasn't just Mexico. It was in Thailand and it was in Seoul and it was in South America and, um, and South Africa. It was just kind of and, continued to surprise me. And the one thing that I would say, as, as your book mentions on as well, is, as you said, Thailand and Seoul have had similar experiences, is you don't have to speak the same language. Mm-hmm. As soon as you go anywhere yeah. in the world... Someone wants to offer you a meal to see the joy on your face that they receive when they eat it themselves. And that's the human connection Mm -hmm. that we're able to share. And I think that's why, as you said, uh, our search for connection and meaning and Instagram influencers, that it doesn't matter what language you speak. As soon as you're posting pictures of delicious food, it's immediately in your, your brain and just going... I love that. And it doesn't matter what language is on the screen because the picture is speaking for itself. Right, right, exactly. And I also think, you know, it's a strange thing where we're in this super quote unquote connected time with social media, but even prior to COVID, 
um, we have been seeing globally the highest rates of loneliness ever recorded in human history. And I don't think that it's unrelated that millennials, especially, who have been kind of strapped to these platforms, are the ones who have been looking for food experiences at home, but also while traveling. And I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I've had crazy experiences where I'm traveling alone and I sit next to somebody who I don't speak the same language with, but we're, we're both traveling for the food. And so we've ended up sharing meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, and, and it's weird. It, it just food becomes the conduit. And, and it's weird for that because, as you said, I, I watched a special on uh, Netflix. Unfortunately, I forget the name of it, but uh, it was something like the social it was all about social networks and, oh, yeah. and how yep. people are becoming so addicted to the technology, yet uh, teenagers and the younger generations can't even muster up to say hello to somebody sitting the right social there. dilemma. The social dilemma. Oh, look at Taylor chiming in. Yeah, Good, social job. Dilemma. Good, Good job, Taylor. <laughs> That's why he's a producer. <laughs> uh, but it, like you said, it doesn't matter where you're at. If some uh, to share the communal experience of food, it doesn't matter where you're at. Hungry is hungry. Right. There is a double-edged sword to it. Um, I did spend some time um, doing research on specifically the phenomenon you're talking about. I actually went back to my former high school to observe what the impact of tech has been on the teenage experience and to see what the role of food and food pictures is. It was just crazy to talk to these, you know, teens. It was, you know, sophomores, juniors in high school um, about what they considered to be friendship and who they talked to. But then also to see that a lot of the time they were posting pictures of food online, not for the actual experience of eating, but just for the likes. Yeah. And so that's that's where it gets dangerous. Just, you know, yeah. yes, exactly. You know, people deciding to go to a certain restaurant, not because the food tasted good or because it was a great place to go and have a conversation with friends, but because it was going to look good on Instagram. And I and I agree with you yeah. of that it is a double edged sword and uh, it's sort of uh, how do I want to say this, that like uh, it. It's bringing upon a sort of have and have nots because let's be bluntly honest, there's Mm -hmm. there's restaurants that some people just are not going to be able to afford to go to. But if you can post on your social media and have that sort of celebrity experience for maybe that 15 minutes of fame that you're getting all those likes and people are going, oh, my goodness, that's so cool. Oh, oh, I wish I was there. Those sort of things. Like you said, you're not really enjoying the meal for what it was intended for. Yeah. You know, the first person I ever talked to about this was, was Anthony Bourdain. I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and he granted me an interview and he's the first person who brought this up with me. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware that when I post my meals online, I'm really just bragging. <laughs> and, you know, I essentially like I'm potentially making a lot of people feel really bad about the fact that they're at home sitting in their underwear eating Captain Crunch. And I'm having <laughs> this like, you know, amazing braised rabbit. Um, and he didn't put it in those words that, you know, they're, far far more swear words (laughs) in that story. But, um, you know, I think that that's something that that I've been focused on for a while is, you know, how the pictures that we post online are also about boosting our own self-esteem. It's Mm. it's about trying to connect with others. Yeah. um, But it's also trying to make us feel liked and and loved and and accepted. 
Um, and um, you know, for a positive spin, actually, during COVID, I do think that the internet has, in many ways, become a friendlier place because there's less to brag about. Yeah. So what people are posting often is like tips and tricks. It's things to help one another because we're all going through this collective shared experience. Um, and and I found that to be really encouraging. And, so it's and, nice that social media has become a bit of a safer place. And I'm and I'm and I'm glad that you've brought that up because my wife is one of those people. She belongs to certain groups, and she'll say, "Oh, I've got this uh, uh, in the garden. I've got two pounds of it. What mm-hmm. can I make?" And then yeah. you have that connection of people throwing mm-hmm. ideas of what the what to make. And also, uh, one of the things that you uh, bring up is why eating local might not only be a key solution to the climate crisis, but also key to solving our current global sense of disconnection because uh, social medias are allowing us to get hyper-localized in a better way more than ever because you can reach out to your neighbors in in groups and say, hey, uh, is there a local garden club and things like that? And you can get answers instantaneously. Right. Right. It's actually it's been super interesting over the last few months because they're like the top trending food behaviors that people have taken on happen to be sustainable food behaviors. But people people aren't doing it necessarily for the climate reasons. They're doing it because it makes them feel more connected or more in control of their health and well-being. But people are wasting less food. They're buying locally. They're supporting local farmers, local restaurateurs. Um, they're supporting a greater diversity of people. Uh they're learning to bake or to garden or to just cook their own meals. You know, all of these things are in many ways for like basic survival right now and just mm. managing our well-being. Um, but I tend to, to also focus on the fact that, hey, by the way, all of these behaviors are also really good for the planet. Exactly. Um, and so I'm hoping that they are trends that continue um, because they're satisfying to us on a personal level and it's doing good on top of that. And there was a book that I recently read as well, and it's sort of odd with the saying, uh, history repeats itself in very similar ways, because it was a book called How Food Won the War. I believe that's the name of it. And the the subject of the book was about in 1917, 1918, uh, how the government and communities we're gearing up to support the troops in World War One, saying that uh, more now than ever, we've got to come together. We've got to band together. We've got to do these and, and tips. And before social media, that was showing of the boys clubs, the girls clubs, uh, uh, going out to the supermarkets. And they were getting the information, everyone, and telling everyone to share freely these ideas that they had for canning and the best ways to get Mm -hmm. milk and have the milk bottles come together. So it is sort of weird to see in a very similar way that back then we were coming together and now we are in a, an extreme global way as a, as opposed to a very extreme local way. Right. I also think that that we're in this like crazy moment where our usual habits where I, especially in the U.S., I feel like a lot of us are just go, go, go. We don't really stop to think about what we're doing or what we're consuming. Instead, we're focused on what's going to save me time, what's going to be convenient, what's going to fit my budget. And right now, I think more people have had time to make a strategic decision, and they're discovering 
all new things to eat, <laughs> you know, like these super interesting vegetables or, or fruits that grow locally that you've never heard of before. But, hey, I'll, I can figure out how to cook it right now. You know, I can go online and put it, you know, in Reddit and, and someone's going to tell me what to do with this. Um, and, and just finding new ways of shopping, new ways of exploring um, cuisines or learning to grow foods. It's kind of like we've been jostled out of our old, old habits. And a lot of us, myself included, are taking on other habits, you know, through food, uh, different lifestyle behaviors that also are just better for us emotionally um, as well as physically, that just viscerally feel good. So we've mentioned a lot of the the great stories in the book, the, the positive aspects of what you cover. Uh, we don't want to give away the entire book because obviously we want everybody to go out and buy it. But... Could you tell us what you feel is the most dangerous aspect of what you found in your investigation? Hmm. That's a, uh, well, I think we've kind of danced around it. Um, but the, the book is looking at what, um, what it is that we all need to feel well and how the rise of foodieism along with a lot of other, you know, major lifestyle trends, be it CrossFit. Um, or uh, a love of adult coloring books, um, how those are indicators of the things that we're yearning for, right? Why are people spending their extra time and money on these things? It indicates that we're hungry for something. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the most dangerous thing that I saw is that people, a lot of people, are spending so much time online, addicted to the news cycle, um, thinking that an upvote or a heart is going to be fulfilling to them in the long term, that they are, in fact, ignoring uh, their loved ones in person, and they're spending less and less time outdoors. And I didn't fully understand the detrimental impact about this disconnect between just being a human being and then being outdoors. I didn't really get that until I had done the research for this book. Uh, I'm heartened by the uptick in sales in, of bikes <laughs> over the last six months. I think people are getting outdoors, um, but it's it's dangerous, actually. The, the disconnect that we have from our own bodies, from others, uh, and as well as nature. Yeah, yeah, but uh, as I said... You know, and it's, it's directly, yeah... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, that's the, uh, and you mentioned as well, that's the double-edged sword, un unfortunately, is sometimes anything that does, ha that is good in too much excess becomes bad. Becomes bad, sure. Absolutely anything in life. And uh, right. it seems right. too easily some of these people are getting sucked into the vortex and they, they can't get out. But uh, it was such a joy talking to you, uh, as I mentioned, really enjoyed the book. We want everyone to go out, go get hungry, avocado toast, Instagram influencers, and our search for connection and meaning. Do you want to share a website or social media or anything like that before you go? Yes, yeah, sure. You can check out thehungrybook.com. Um, or you can go to my personal website, which is eveturopaul.com. Um, but yeah, I encourage folks to, to check it out. I honestly have been using the research myself in my own life uh, to, to figure out ways to use food and lifestyle culture as a, a means of finding well-being during this crazy, crazy year of 2020. Perfect. Well, <laughs> oh. th thank you so much for joining us. It was great. All right. Thanks for having me. Right, have, a good, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, good night. But yeah, I mean, it's like we said. I mean, some some people done. They, it's I don't know how else to say, it, but it's like crack. 
they can't put that phone down to save their life. No, no, no. I mean, you see, you see just... with people walking across the street, they're almost getting hit by cars. <laughs> I mean, they walk into you all the time. They don't even oh, they don't even say excuse me. It's like boom, just keep going. Like yeah, you're in their way. Yeah, and they had it where, and the dangerous parts too is like when I went to the Grand Canyon, and you've got these nitwits just going anywhere walking over the barrier that yeah. says do not, do not cross yeah. no trespassing all because they want to put their phone out with the selfie stick yeah, trying to, to take the little picture for themselves to to get the greatest picture that they that they've ever seen in their life yeah yeah and i mean it's until they fall over <laughs> and the weird thing was when I went, I, th I think it was last year. I, all time has blended into yeah, well. <laughs> has blended into e each other now. But I think I went last year, and it was like five people died like f three weeks prior. Yeah, reaching over too far. Yeah, you remember we were in Cartagena, that fort. Yeah, they had no they had no barriers, no no, no. railing or anything. No. You, you were smart. You walk up to a certain point, you take a picture, and you walk away. You yep. don't like hang over the. No. And, like, ooh. and the thing is, that didn't even have railings or anything. No, no. But places that do, it doesn't even matter. They're, they're yeah, climbing they're over. They're still trying to get a better picture. Yeah. They're climbing over the darn walls to do whatever they want. Uh, it's, uh, what do you call it? Today's generation? I mean, I'm <laughs> not that old, but <laughs> still. I mean, come on. Common sense is common sense, no matter what your age is. I mean, you got you know, you to think of stuff. But I think it gets into where Eve was talking, where these likes and these hearts and these comments on these posts become so important to these individuals. Yeah, they don't they don't think about the real life. You want to call it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's times where, as you know, on on my blog. I post some of the most terrible pictures you'll see on earth of meals that I've enjoyed. Mm. And many times I'm digging in to eat and then I'm two or three bites. In. You're like, Ooh, oh, I got to take a picture. Oh <laughs> man. I forgot to, to take a picture, but yeah. I, I guess for me, because it's, it, it, it isn't second nature that I'm still thinking of the food Yeah, that I see it. I'm, I'm just ready to go. Uh, yeah, you got to eat. <laughs> That's why you're there. <laughs> There's there's no time to be wasted whatsoever. No, not at all. It's I I, <coughs> I understand. I mean, it's when the meal comes in front of you, you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to dig into this thing. And then after you like you know, mess it up a little bit, you're like, oh, how can I make it look better? <laughs> you're like, oh man, what what what's the best thing that we're going to eat? I mean, and and the thing is, there's it 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 just brainwashes you. Of what you want to do. Yeah. You, you just can't enjoy a meal like that anymore. And to, to bring up different meals, last time we were in studio, we were talking about pizzas. And you said that you were going to drop by Pizzeria Badia. And we even mentioned yeah. Oh, Never got there. Oh, Don. I'm sorry. They're going to open up again, and then they're not going to have takeout allowed again. <laughs> Very true. I'll have to have it. Del well, it'll probably deliver it this time. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, uh, I mean, they're they're still going round and round. Yeah. 
uh, you know, the deliveries and everything, you know, it's most of the time that's all you can get there to eat the, the good food that's coming around. You know, I encourage people to make sure they call their you know, favorite restaurants and you know, support and support and support. It's, it's the world we're living in, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what to say about it, but I'm hoping that uh, all this comes to an end very shortly. And go back to our normal, you know, going out with your loved ones and spending time with your family and friends and and uh, you know, going out to places and sit down and say, oh, my God, it's after a hard day's work. You're sitting down going, oh, my God, I finally eat a nice meal. That's that's the way the, the world was meant to be. And unfortunately, with this pandemic that's going around and it's scaring you know, many people not to be a downer on anything. But uh, like I said, but just you know, keep your, your restaurant tours in, you know, in the mind. And you know, me, Derek, and we'll keep pushing the, the good fight to promote. Yeah, that, there's only the, so much that, that we can do. And un unfortunately, it's it, it, it gets rough at times. But we're going to talk about happier things. We have acclaimed chef, restaurateur, and uh, cookbook author Tanya Holland, and she has kicked off an amazing podcast called Tanya's Table. And Don, uh, not to say that uh, she didn't start things off right, but I think we may have to pick our game up a, l a little bit because some of the guests that she has on, Questlove, Alice Waters, Danny Meyer, Ty Tyler Florence. I mean, my yeah. goodness gracious. Well, like, but I'll tell you what, if she's able to get the best of the best of the Food Network to come on to her blog, she must be doing something correctly. I mean, it's you can't beat the, the lineup that she was. But we're going we're gonna to have Taylor work on it to see if we can get her back on. And what we'll start with is... The she is the chef of Brown Sugar Kitchen. I mean, that's where she became well known from Top Chef, NBC's Today Show, CBS This Morning, The Talk, Food Network. The critics loved her, has a distinct California inspired renditions of soul food classics. James Beard Foundation yeah. Awards judge a United States Department of State culinary diplomat. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, it does sound sounds like she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. I can see why she wouldn't want to talk to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, I wonder myself why, yeah. why anyone would want to. Talk to us. Uh, God bless her accolades because it's it speaks volume of the people she knows and uh, the, the, her ability she has with her her new cookbook. Well, no, it's not cookbook. She has a oh, podcast. A podcast. I'm sorry. You're you're still looking through our previous guests' uh, cookbook. Oh, and I know you're excited. I know. About. Well, 2020. No, but uh, I mean, God bless her and her abilities to uh, to, to uh, bring in top level chefs to give her tribute for her uh, abilities on 
on her podcast and her uh, knowledge of food that's able to you know bring us all together. Well, uh, let's go through with our next guest, which uh, we're just going to go right into live life deliciously. Because that's the best way to live life, isn't yeah, it, Don? Yeah, deliciously, of course. Exactly. <laughs> and that would be uh, Tara Teaspoon Bench. That's an interesting nickname, yeah. Teaspoon. <laughs> I wonder why it wasn't tablespoon or or, yeah. or, or something like that. A little bit of tea, teaspoon of spice goes a long way. <laughs> teaspoon of sugar. Right. Is that correct? Or was it a table? I, can't, I don't yeah. remember, remember the song. <laughs> but uh, it's wonderful to talk to you, uh, Tara. And the, hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it is our, our pleasure. Now, uh, Don has the book here, and we yeah. love it. The photography, the, the, way it was, the way it's written. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we understand. Um, uh, you know. oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I understand you're a senior uh, no, food editor. My, uh, yes. At a Martha store living. My entire career, yes. Yeah, exactly. for six Martha years. Stewart, yes. Yeah. What were some of your individual lessons you learned at the magazine when launching 30 years ago? Wow. You know, it was, uh, it was amazing. I learned everything about food publishing and, and recipe creation and recipe writing and food styling, um, you know, to reach the audience that Martha Stewart did at the time of her launch was, was incredible. And, and it was fun to create those, those recipes and the stories that really spoke to so many people and inspired them and, you know, inspired them into the kitchens, I should say. Right. 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 I mean, working with Martha Stewart must have been a uh, uh, mentor, uh, possibly, you know, a great opportunity. It was, I was really lucky to land that uh, right out of school and, be able to stay there and sort of grow with uh, the magazine. Um, but yeah, she definitely um, is just, it, she's amazing, amazing mentor and example of a businesswoman and also, also a talent, you know, she really could do just about everything that was in the magazine, whether it was grow an award-winning garden or make all the food, you know, it's, she's, she was a, a great example of that that business growth. Right, right. Um, just curious uh, if you could use two spices and herbs in your cooking, what would they be? Oh, good question. You know, I think I probably reach for uh, a couple of spices. I would say cinnamon and coriander because you can't. I mean, you can't take away cinnamon. I, I love cinnamon. It it brings sort of a sweetness and richness to savory dishes, but also baking, obviously. And then um, I think coriander is an unsung hero of the spice world. <laughs> it's, it's aromatic. It's sort of lemony. And I use it in a lot of things. It's great. I mean, the one thing that I liked about the cookbook when I was going through it, and I think this has to do with your background of uh, being in magazines and such is it's very easy to read. Some cookbooks 
are, I mean, they're not dummy proof, like uh, to, to put it. Right. For yours, I can look in here and I know exactly what I need to do in a language that's simple for me to understand because I'm, I'm no professional cook by any means. No. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, that is really good to know. And I really did. I wrote it as if I was standing next to somebody in the kitchen. That's how I wanted them to feel. So that, that's good. I, I mean, there definitely is a, an art and a science to writing recipes and making sure someone can successfully make it. And I wanted to be able to have that language that was casual enough to feel comfortable, but also, uh, you know, sort of scientific enough and straightforward enough that you could be successful and, and make it exactly how I did. So that's right. great. Yeah, uh, you know, speaking with Derek about being a cook, uh, I mean, I'm no chef myself. Two I mean, no I've, chefs in all uh, the show. Can look, you believe I've, it? <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried. That's why we have all and, the real chefs call in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, God bless my wife for being the cook that she is. But um, you know, being a rest, uh, a recipe developer and a food stylist for 20 years, what goes into developing the recipes that you put into your dishes? Oh, sure. Yes. Um, you know, I am. I food style a lot for my consulting business and obviously um, the work I do. And I would say, honestly, I do think about the visual of a recipe when I start creating it. So I think about, hey, how is that going to look on the plate? How, you know, if that simmers for three hours, what's it going to look like? And should I add some fresh herbs? And what would that be? And how would that change the taste? And um, so I do, I think about the look um, and then I start putting together the flavors and I love to cook seasonally. So I love to mix, you know, I have a salad in there with butter, lettuce and fresh figs and then, you know, sort of a fresh dill dressing, but Hey, you could totally do that um, with dried figs and get the same sort of that sweet, savory flavor. But I love to sort of see what's in season, get inspired. I love using pantry items and spices that you might already have and putting them together in unique ways. And it just creates a whole new dinner, a whole new dish, a whole new dip. And it, it's simple. I, I like to inspire people to get in the kitchen, use what they have so that they enjoy cooking, you know. Now, obviously, me and Don have played our cards and let everyone know who listens to the show that we are terrible chefs. And <laughs> but, I, I, I'm, but we do keep trying, though. We do. We do. And I said sure. I, I do grill quite nicely. I, I, I do barbecue quite well. So that, nice. there we nice. go. What would you say is a simple but impressive entree that you'd recommend to an, experience, an inexperienced cook? Ooh, good question. I, you know, so many of my recipes I wanted to be accessible for, you know, foodies and inexperienced cooks. But I think something that will kind of impress the socks off of people and you don't know how easy it is, is the chicken and paper. And I, you know, I cook a chicken breast in a packet of parchment paper that you just fold around the edges. And what it does is it steams it. So it cooks in like 15 minutes, but everybody has their own little packet to open up. But I add golden raisins and sliced lemons and pine nuts and carrot ribbons. 
And those are all easy ingredients, but it looks so good. Probably the other one I would say you guys would would knock your socks off people is the peanut, the Thai peanut curry with vegetables. So easy to make, some spices, a little curry paste and coconut milk. And it just, I mean, it tastes like the I'm, most delicious takeout you've ever had. I'm drooling. Uh, yeah, really, it sounds really good. I'll, I'll wipe it off so you don't I'm have to stealing, look at it anymore. I'm, dumb. Stealing, I'm, I'm stealing that restaurant. <laughs> you don't have to steal it. You can yeah. just purchase the book, Don. See, even better. I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have two more questions before you go. The first one oh, is, yeah. so where does the teaspoon nickname come from? <laughs> and the second one would be, since you worked so long as a food editor at Martha Stewart Living, did you ever see the Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg combination coming? I, I would have yeah. never guessed in a million <laughs> no, years that collaboration. No. <laughs> Goodness, no. But I will tell you, I mean, she, she is witty. She has a great sense of humor. So when it happened, I thought, well, sure, that, sure. I didn't, I didn't bat an eye, but I would have never seen it coming. Um, but yeah, you, you get a little, um, few drinks in Martha and she's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But, um, it's true. It's true. Um, so the teaspoon, it's, it's sort of a, a cute name, but also it works for me. I've, funny enough, been called that for a lot of years before I even started my business and branded it. Um, but it was, it was a friend of mine. I'm, I'm short. I'm barely over five feet and I cook for a living. So she said, Hey, you know, I'm going to call you Tara Teaspoon because you're not tall enough to be a tablespoon. So you have to give all the credit to her. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's, but, that's uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of came became my brand, and people call me that now, and I, I roll with it. So awesome, it, awesome. What it is. Well, it was such yeah. a joy talking yeah, to you. Yeah, definitely Tara, was. Tara Teaspoon, and to me, uh-huh. you're an entire cup. Yeah. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me, and yeah, tell everyone to order my book. So it's my first one. I'm so excited. Yes, Live Life Deliciously, Recipes for Busy yeah. Weekdays and Leisurely Weekends, and share social media or anything like that before you go. Oh, great. It's So my handle is Tara Teaspoon. Easy enough, and find tons more at my website, teraspoon.com. And guys, thanks for having me on. This was a blast. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so Very, much. It was a pleasure to talk to. You. Now, Donna, as yeah. we were saying, we're, we just whenever whenever there's a little hiccup, we just blame 2020. Yeah, exactly. So this is just a redo. Now, who? Now, let me put my announcer voice on. Okay. <clears throat> Sounds like. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are excited to welcome acclaimed chef restaurateur, cookbook author, Tanya Holland. How's it going tonight, Tanya? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, thank you. That was just an excellent introduction. It's going great. Thank you. Uh, We we appreciate you uh, going through with us. We had some technical difficulties, but it all worked out. As they always say, great things come to those who wait. We couldn't be more proud to have you join us. Uh, We were mentioning earlier uh, 
you are famed from Brown Sugar Kitchen. You are part of the James Beard Foundation uh, Award. Your judge, U.S. Department of State mm-hmm. culinary diplomat. I mean, we definitely need more of you in that, politics because, yeah. good Lord, if you can spread the love of the, the kind of food that you cook up, how delicious is the world will love us again. <laughs> Mm, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do more of that work. And people always get along over a plate of food, right? Exactly, exactly. And now you have kicked off with season one of Tanya's Table. And goodness gracious, the lineup that you have. Quest Love, Alice Waters, Danny Meyer, Tyler Florence. It goes on. Demi Nostrid. Oh, my yes. goodness gracious. Wonderful show. We could only wish to become as wonderful as yeah. you are with, with the program that you're putting out. What made you decide that you wanted to come into the podcast realm? Well, um, you know, I actually was thinking of doing some more television, and that wasn't happening. And I also miss interacting with my my customers, my regulars, and people on a daily basis that are doing things, uh, different things that I'm doing, different kinds of work. So I can I love learning from others through just conversation. What do you do for a living? Where do you live? Where have you lived? Where have you traveled? What's your favorite food? And um, the opportunity presented itself, and I feel so grateful that it happened. And it didn't hurt that people were on lockdown and I had, you know, I could capture them <laughs> because <laughs> under yeah. ordinary circumstances, it might be hard to get some of those folks to commit, you know, to the amount of time, um, just an hour, but still, you exactly. know what I mean? They're, they're busy people. Exactly. Yeah. You said, I want to talk to you, but just not up close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, that wasn't a possibility. <laughs> what would you say is one of the most difficult parts of coming into the podcast landscape that you have seen firsthand? Oh, that's a good point. Um, I guess, you know, still it's a lot of coordinating of schedules, but um, I, um, you know, it just, for me, it's, I'm just having a natural conversation for the most part with people. Um, and you know, I just, I want to do more of that, you know, but I mean, it's just, you know, the, the topics right now are a little bit heavier because of the times Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It's an opportunity for people to get things off their mind, you know? I agree. um, I mean, there's no greater time now than for things that need to be said because it's just as bad not to say them than to say nothing at all. So, I mean, that's correct. Exactly. And as you yeah. mentioned, food is the center of attention for most of the episodes, but you're exploring lifestyle topics, travel, social awareness, self-help, which mm-hmm. is extremely important during these times with uh, mental health and uh, stress and things like that, challenges and triumphs. Uh, this is one of my favorites because I always love discovering off-the-radar gems. That's one of my favorite things to do in life is mm-hmm. go somewhere that you even if you Google it, there might only be one review of the place. And you're like, oh, man, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's fun to what my goal was to to get um, for for my listeners 
to see a different side of the guests. You know, I think everybody knows that Danny uh, Myers, this amazing restaurant tour, so accomplished, but you know, where does he find, you know, his joy these days and what does he do to rejuvenate and what's his favorite snack, you know, and it's fun to get to know other sides of people that we only get to know from afar. Mm-hmm. With, without a doubt. And would you say that with the format that you have, because 45 minutes, you're really getting into a lot of topics with them and you're getting a close connection. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed on the few episodes that I listen to, and I think Don, you would agree with when we were listening, is that it feels as though they're no longer talking in a show that it's sort of barriers are down uh, and it's just a one-on-one personal talk with you. It's very personal, it it seems, which is a a compliment to your skills with the program that you're putting through because you you can if you want something that's scripted you, you can go yeah, yeah, almost easily, easily. anywhere but yeah. to me it feels yeah. as though you're really getting their inner thoughts and their personal feelings which is difficult in this day and age with publicists because a lot of times as soon as somebody says something you got the publicist running over yeah. to slap their mouth and yeah <laughs> tie it off yeah it was it was really nice you know um every you know i like to try to put people on ease by finding some of the common denominators and i think you know, you see pretty similar guests. They didn't know things about me that we had in common. You know, Danny, for instance, went to college in um, Hartford, Connecticut, and I told him I was born there. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Lettucey about, um, you know, she's a classically trained uh, opera singer and pianist, and I said I studied classical piano when I was growing up, and she didn't know, you know. And so it's 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 been, I think, you know, I just, like, there's a lightness to it, but then, you know, we can talk about everything. You know, everybody has some challenges. A lot of people have thoughts right now on, you know, politics or um, what's going on with, you know, the pandemic and what, what are the things. The pandemic, you know, has really, I think, um, magnified a lot of things. We all know this, right? So it could magnify what brings us joy. It can magnify, you know, what terrifies us. And um, so I think, you know, it. it the timing was just divine for me. I got I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's better to be lucky than than yeah. good sometimes. Yeah. And but you're both, so you've got the yeah. best combination. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, what would you? Who would you say? Flipping the coin. Obviously, it's not us. Uh, so you, you can't say us. Who would you say is your dream <laughs> interview to interview you? Oh wow, that's a good that's a good one. Well, who doesn't want to get interviewed by Oprah? I mean, she's like the master yeah. interviewer, you know. So I would say probably her. Um, you know, I think yeah, I think that would be fun. Also, um, I love uh, Jerry Seinfeld. You know, I love comedians and cars getting coffee, and like I wish I was a comedian so I could be on the show with him because I also love cars, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I like. You know, I don't know. I was. You know, I think just growing up and just learning as part of a memorization, you know, exercise just from my dad, like the makes of cars and the years. And um, yeah, so I, I love that show. So that would be fun. Well, you've put it out into the uh, universe. So we, we, we can only hope that it that it becomes true. <laughs> yeah. 
Very true. Yeah, thank you. Now, as you've mentioned, through the pandemic and everything, everyone's spending more time at home. I mean, there's no if and or buts about it. You're an acclaimed chef. People go gaga over yeah. the food that you put out. You have uh, an, an amazing renditions of soul food classics. What has been your pandemic go-to food, whether you're making it or you're getting it? What's been the go-to staple since this has started? Oh, wow. Um, you know, for myself, for myself to eat? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have one, to be honest with you. I am treating myself, at least for the past three months, I've gotten takeout from Chez Panisse. I'm really fortunate to live you know, not too far from Berkeley and, you know, that restaurant, they just celebrated their 40th, 49th anniversary. Wow. Business. You know, a miracle. And, um, they, they do a CSA box and they, they, they're selling wine and olive oil and bread and eggs. And, um, it's just like a nice little treat for me to go and get their Sunday dinner, which, um, it's really usually a simple protein with amazing vegetables. And then I get their bone broth for later in the week and some eggs and sometimes I'll get flowers, you know, depending if, you know, I'm feeling like, and so that's kind of been, I guess, and otherwise, um, you know, I'm at work a lot right now because we're doing takeout and, um, my kitchen manager usually makes the staff meal and I'll eat whatever she makes. But I don't have to <laughs> make it. <laughs> as long as you're not yeah, making it, yeah. it's good to go. But as yeah. as, as you were mentioning yeah. that for the Sunday meal and everything, do you think that because of all this, you have become receptive of the idea to go there more frequently? Because what I found with myself, and let me see if you agree, Don, is there's places that I'm visiting because of a slower pace yeah. now yeah. that I find myself getting things that I probably wouldn't have if I was still at the full speed that I was pre-pandemic. I definitely agree. Would you agree, Tanya? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be doing this. I mean, we would be open on Sundays, you know, and, I mean, it's been nice for me to have Sundays off. Um, it's been years and years of, you know, serving Sunday brunch to folks, but we're not, um, you know, our residents that surround the building and the business workers are not as present. So we're not doing Sunday brunch. And um, so it's, yeah, it's great to go up there and get somebody else's delicious food and give myself a, a real day off. Yeah. I mean, as, as terrible uh, of things that have occurred during this, it's simple things like that that I reflect on. Yeah. And I say, I'm lucky to be able to do this or that. And I'm thankful and it's a sigh of relief to be like, look back and say, I probably wouldn't be doing this if, yeah. if it wasn't for what has occurred. But as you mentioned, Tanya, yeah. you have a wonderful, wonderful program. Yeah. You are blessed with an amazing lineup of guests. It was the perfect storm, whatever you want to call it. Good timing, <laughs> luck, extraordinary yep. talent. I mean, you're, you're amazing. And we couldn't have been more happy to have you join us. And uh, hey, who knows? Maybe uh, season two, Don, maybe, maybe we'll join her. Yeah. Have us down. A little brunch. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Nope. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on your show. No problem at all. And if uh, you want to share any social medias or anything like that before you go, please do. 
Sure. All my socials are Ms. Tanya Holland, M-S-T-A-N-Y-A-H-O-L-L-A-N-D. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. <laughs> Have a great night, and thanks for sticking it out with us. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Nice evening. Yeah, that was fun, That Don. was really nice. Yeah. That's uh, that's good that she's able to relax on Sundays, enjoy other people's meals. Yeah, and like you said, if this didn't occur, we were so stuck in routines. Yeah, we were. Now, now you sit back and you go, God, I got to do something a little different, and I got to fill my time better yeah. for worse or whatever you want to call it. And it will be interesting to see how things come back once there's a vaccine or cross fingers maybe yeah. the virus will disappear disappear who knows i mean only no one knows the answer but i do know the answer to one thing what is that and i am thrilled to have chef barbie join us hey chef barbie she's always hey. ma- makes the show I a delight it. best part of the evening oh look at that chef barbie best part of the evening don has declared Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so, how are things going with you? Things are going great with me. Things are going absolutely great. Um, so, yeah, I got married. I don't know if you I heard. Noticed, I've seen I it. I did. Facebook. Yeah. So, that happened. And so, most of my social media is going to stay at Chef Barbie Marshall because it's my business name. And uh, my personal page now reflects Cicerone. That's how you pronounce it. It's Cicerone. It's Unless true. you're in Italy, and and then it's harder for me because I'm oh, not I just saw Don smile from ear to ear as soon as you said Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is Cicerone. Cicer- I, I think it's. I, I can't. I can't. I don't want to try. <laughs> oh, Don. Sound like Don has it good. Say it again, Don. Well, Don would. Yeah, teach your own. Teach your own. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I like deep fried pork fat skin, like the best of them. So, I know teach your own is. <laughs> anyway, bad joke. Bad joke. Uh, so, things have changed uh, since we talked the last two weeks. Um, especially in the restaurant, we opened up to 50% capacity, which, which helps. But... I think what I really wanted to talk about was something that I spoke about briefly, which was tipping. And I saw an article where someone didn't tip their server because she asked him while he was in a part of the restaurant that um, was not the table seated to put his mask on. And on the tip line, he wrote mask. Oh, my goodness. So I just really wanted to touch on that, you know, being a server, going out and preparing food while we may not see them as essential workers, they obviously are. They yeah. obviously are. People are going out to eat, and, and 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 food is an essential thing of life that is not a luxury. It's not going out to eat. Maybe is is a luxury. Like going out to eat is definitely always going to be considered a, a luxury, and so. When going out to eat, all I ask is that we please respect each other and know that these aren't her rules or the server's rules. They are the rules. And your server's job is to remind you that when you're walking around the restaurant, even if it's to do a quick phone call, to go outside, to go to the bathroom or anything, to take everyone else in the room's health safety into consideration and keep your mask on. I mean, it's just 
basic, just basic. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize and then, that humanity. And yeah. then that does not equate with bad service. Uh, no, of course yeah. not. Of course not. I mean, people are so worried about. Yeah. You know. uh, I mean, it's just it's too much. It's too much. But Chef Barbie, it's always a joy to talk to you. We couldn't agree one hundred percent. They're creeps. They're morons. They should have their mm-hmm. picture on the wall. Yeah, that they're they never allowed back in the building Throw again. At them. And we look forward to talking to you again. And more importantly, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Chef Bar. Thank you. Yeah. Have have a great one. But uh, that was fun, Don. That was great. Yeah. So why don't you go? Uh, Donato Marino with uh, DNL Coffee Service, being the barista. I can reach that 215 365 5521. There you go. And I'm Derek Tim of bluejeanfood.com. We had a fantastic show with Eve Tarot Paul, author of the book called Hungry. Uh, we also had acclaimed chef restaurateur Tanya Howard of Brown Sugar Kitchen with her new podcast, Tanya's Table, and Live Life Deliciously from Tara Teaspoon Bench and John Howard Fusco yeah. and Barbie Marshall. Thank you so much. Small Bites Radio every Sunday, 630, not every Sunday, Sunday, yeah. 635 yeah, every other Sunday. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. A guy has an operation on his throat, and his jaw is wired shut, so the only way he can get nourishment is to be force-fed with a machine that pumps food through a tube that's inserted in his rectum. Well, after three days of being fed like that, he calls for the nurse. She comes in, and he says, Nurse, is there another one of these machines in the hospital? She says, Yes, sir. Well, could you roll it in here? She says, of course, sir, but why? I want you to have lunch with me tomorrow.